Welcome to Lost in Pace, a walking podcast. My name is Laura, and today, since we're in the middle of our reset challenge, we'll be covering this week's topic, reinvest. We'll talk about the ways the Y invests in the community and some ways that you can invest your time, talent, and treasures. We've got a 25-minute walk today, so pop on your shoes and let's get going. Hey, Heidi. Hi, Laura. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thanks. Good. Well, we've got a great walk planned today. I'm so excited to have you on to talk about um, our Reset Week Reinvest, um, which is awesome because I am not super in tune with what that means. And so I'm, I'm excited to explore that with you and for the people out walking today to have have some great entertainment. So let's start by talking about what you what do you do with the why, Heidi? What do I do at the Y? My job is really to make sure that we are investing the contributions made from all of our donors and making sure that they're getting the best ROI on that. You know, whether it's participation in a program and a volunteer or somebody who's made a contribution, um, you know, it's my job to make sure we're, we're taking those dollars and, and making the biggest impact we possibly can uh, with that gift. Which is awesome. How many donors do we have on average? You know, our association has just over um, 650 donors. So we have a lot of individuals across that spectrum of which include, you know, we have a high percentage of staff that believe in us so much. Even though we're, they work for us on a daily basis, they, they consider making a gift back to the Y, which is really a humbling experience, I think, for, for all of us. I love that part of the time of the year where we do um, staff campaign because it's always fun to tell the stories of what we do and to hear staff tell stories of how the Y has impacted them. So, yeah, that's really cool. How long have you been with the Y, Heidi? I've been with the movement over 20 years. So I've been here in our association for, um, I have to think back on my uh, kids' ages. Uh, So it'll be six, I think it was just six years this fall. That's awesome. And, but our why has been around for a long time, right? Yeah. So the, you know, the town and country uh, YMCA or the YMCA of Lake Country was established back in 1926. And so um, it was established through volunteers um, from the community who wanted a place for young folks to come and um, reflect and become better leaders. So that was done, and then slowly it became um, the Y on Silver Lake Street and, of course, the YMCA at Peps Farms. But then in 2009, um, the Watertown Area Health and Wellness Center approached our Y and asked us if we would assist in management of that facility. And so we did that for a year before we actually purchased it, um, and then it became a Y. And we have seen tremendous growth and support from the Watertown community um, and have been able to expand our ability to serve it, not only in the building, but through the schools and after school um, and be a support system for families in collaboration with the school district. Yeah, I know that the Watertown community is just super tight knit over there. It feels like everybody knows each other's names. And um, I know the staff look forward to seeing the kids every day after school. They've got a, a large cohort of kids that just come to be at the Y. Like, that's their place to be, which is just so cool. Yeah, you know, that's really um, flourished here since, I think, after the pandemic. And people are getting back to a little bit what does life look like for them now. And for the Y to have a space 
um, to support families and allow kids that, you know, they're not, they're old enough maybe to go home and be by themselves, but um, they're sitting around doing nothing. And for them to be able to come to the Y and hang out and play some basketball or games in the teen room, it's really, it's really a neat opportunity to be a part of. So um, we're coming up just on a little break here. So we're going to do um, a quick interval. There's going to be some music. So take, take a moment and walk a little faster on your walk today. And we'll be right back with you in just a second. All right. I hope that was a great interval for you. Um, I'm back here with Heidi Haft, our financial development director. And um, we've just been talking about the why as a charitable organization, as a volunteer organization. Um, and, you know, I think this, really interesting, Heidi. I I wonder what giving has been like during a pandemic. Yeah. So I, you know, I think everything shifted quickly to being um, really, and we saw it um, more personal connections via email or zoom calls. I was on many zoom calls, updating our stakeholders when we initially um, were shut down, you know, through the governor's orders. Um, but other organizations across our state and frankly, the nation shifted on in the moment to virtual fundraisers, right? So, um, that's been a huge uptick and, you know, there's an organization out there called CCS. They're a consulting firm and they did a little, they've been doing periodic checks across the country of, of, you know, where, where's the pulse on where, where's the funding coming? Are you seeing declines? Are you seeing increases? And, you know, are you doing virtual or are you doing hybrid models? And so, you know, it's really split. Um, You know, 15% have seen a slight significant decreases in funding, significant increases in funding. So that's really, you know, comparable. There isn't anything drastically different there. And, um, when they surveyed nonprofits asking them about um, fundraising methods and how they're going to, you know, move forward, you know, will they continue to have um, virtual fundraising or hybrid model? Um, And so, you know, 61% of the organizations reported that they're going to continue to do some sort of virtual event. Um, And I think you've seen people's, ability to join those a little bit more easier. Um, I know we have seen it just in regards to meetings with boards and volunteers. It, you know, somebody may be traveling, but we have a Zoom call set up. They can get on that a lot easier and they don't have to be in the building. So so transitioning to more of a hybrid model, I think is what you're going to see um, from nonprofit organizations. Which is really awesome. Now, in in um, the state of Wisconsin, you know, it sounds like Waukesha is a great, like Waukesha County is a great place to be when it comes to financial development. Um, tell me more about what you know about that. Yeah, so our community that we live in is very, very generous. Um, Waukesha County was actually ranked third in the state um, on charitable giving. And so we are grateful for that. Um, and I think it just shows that people care about the place that they, they live, right? Like they're willing to give back and make sure the lives of those folks around them are, are better um, even if they can't benefit from themselves. So um, whether it be in the realm of a contribution, um, you know, money being donated to an organization or through time. And I think that's just as important um, for an organization is to have somebody step up and volunteer as it is 
for somebody to make a gift. Awesome. All right. We've got another interval coming up here. There's going to be some music. You've got 30 seconds to take it up a notch. Here we go. Okay. Time to slow it back down. Take it a little easy. I'm back here with Heidi Haft, our financial development director at the Glacial Community YMCA. And um, Heidi, let's talk about why volunteering is good for you. I feel like this is something that people have started talking about a little bit more um, and we're all looking to boost our health in new ways. So what do you know? Yeah. So actually, you know, volunteering is one of the best ways for somebody to improve their health because it can reduce your stress and releases endor- endorphins. Um, so that's been a really big positive. So when people are surveyed regarding volunteering, um, 96% said volunteering makes them feel happier. Um, and 68% said volunteering makes them feel healthier. Um, I think it's the sense of being able to give back to somebody and help something other than yourself, right? That that's always a good feeling to know that you made a difference in somebody's life, um, through, through your time that you were able to, to do so. And, you know, the why is, is definitely a beneficiary of volunteers, um, we typically have over 9,000 hours of volunteers um, supporting us, whether it be through policy, you know, on our boards, um, through those individuals, or you look at folks volunteering in our youth sports. You know, we have over 2,400 youth sports participants in a normal year. Um, And for us, um, that would be a lot of manpower. That would be a lot of high school staff managing, you know, yeah. I, I think when my kids were playing t-ball, I think in a given night, there were what, how many teams you had four fields going. So you got eight teams twice a week, you know, that's a yeah. lot of manpower. Um, but it's, it's because of the volunteer coaches of those programs that make it possible. Um, so, you know, it's very important for an organization like the Y, um, and, you know, you look around our, our, um, communities that we live in, whether it's the free clinic or the library or, um, you know, the family center, those organizations, it's, they rely on volunteers, on people being able to come in, whether it be in a direct service capacity or it be, you know, we need to deep clean the food pantry or package bags up. Um, that's just as important. So, um, volunteers are an essential part of, of a nonprofit's operation. And I think that they, an individual benefits just as much as the nonprofit does. I was, um, I was the manager on duty yesterday in the gym. And, uh, so I was walking around, we just had a lot of kids playing basketball and I was watching one coach, uh, like talk to his team. And these kids just were looking at him like, he knew everything. It was just really cool to see the relationships that he was building with these young people. And the things he was saying to them was uh, he was talking about character development, you know, and so it's really cool that we have people in the community that are not only dedicated to volunteering their time to, to help lead a program, but to like really make a difference in kids' lives. So um, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. Uh, okay, so if you're looking to get involved, what kinds of things could you do for the Y? Um, as we've talked about, youth sports is like a number one. We're always looking for coaches. So if you had, a, you know, you played volleyball in high school and maybe 
um, you don't have a child that's in volleyball right now, or maybe you, your children are grown, but you're looking to fill some time, this would be a great opportunity for you to come to the Y and help volunteer um, a coach uh, a team of, you know, first or second graders and have fun doing it. Um, you know, as things continue to reopen, as we expand our services, there are swim meets that are held at the Y that are always need volunteers. Um, I think we all will look forward to the day again when we can have 5K races, you know, in Watertown. The, the Riverfest run is, is a, a great opportunity for us to support the Watertown community. Um, and while we do benefit from the dollars raised from there, it takes a lot of volunteers to get on the course and set that up and the day of and get packets out and things like that. So um, there are a number of different opportunities. And then, of course, we have volunteers that support us by going out and sharing our story through the annual campaign. Um, and so those folks are, are as well just as important to us. And it starts with them sharing their story of how the why has impacted them. Awesome. Well, we've got a break. And so here comes your next interval segment. Uh, the music will be 30 seconds long and ready, set, go. Okay, Heidi. So we're going to talk about some of the ways the Y is going to be raising dollars, but what happens to the funds that are raised? Yeah. So the dollars that we raise um, throughout the community go back into the programs that we serve and directly reach our community. So whether it's um, support through financial assistance, you know, one in 11 of our members in our association receive financial assistance. So um, dollars can go and be attributed to supporting those individuals to be a part of our why who would otherwise not be able to afford it. Another way that dollars are support and contributions support our why is um, helping to make programs affordable for all. So if you think about maybe um, one of our youth sports programs, it's around, you know, 40-ish dollars or so for a session, right? Well, I can tell you I have a five-year-old and if I um, put her in soccer and she decides that she doesn't like <laughs> it, but it would have cost me, you know, upwards of 90 to $100, which is actually the true cost of what a program costs for us to run per individual, it probably wouldn't make sense for her to even be a part of something like that or try it or gain some leadership skills and some different character development on working with team members. You know, that's, that's another way that contributions are able to support the programs that we provide um, throughout our community, whether it's a person that's a member or a community participant, everybody is going to be um, benefit from those dollars yeah we're gonna sign our, our three-year-old up for t-ball this year and i have no idea whether she's gonna like it or not so i can't imagine being in a position where you know you're you're really hoping that the dollars that you're going to spend make a difference in your child's life and so it's great that we can be able to support people you know trying programs you know getting started in a program yeah and i think they i think a kid re learns resilience no matter what whether they like the skill <laughs> that they're learning or yeah. not right um, but another way, you know, when you look at it is you think about programs that we just offer free to our community. Um, all of our spiritual development programs are at no cost to anybody who wants to participate, whether it's through a Bible study or, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one meetings with uh, our director of spiritual development. 
those programs, that is all underwritten by the annual campaign, which is so essential. I think um, our communities have seen that as a resource to them. So it's great to be able to provide it and it's great to have um, all of the folks in our community to support programs like that. That's awesome. So I'm sure 2020 wasn't a typical year, but how much have, like in financial assistance, how, how many dollars have we given back to the community? Yeah, so it's upwards of, a, you know, over $200,000 that we can provide to our community uh, for financial assistance. So um, that's, a you know, very impactful way for us to make sure that whether it's, you know, a family who wants to come to the Y to be healthy um, or an individual who's looking for a space for socialization, or if it comes down to sometimes and many times we'll see kids um, needing a safe place to be after school. And so our Y has been able to provide that, especially in Watertown. You look at the number of youth that are coming into the Y and hanging out with, you know, adult role models that we have there. Um, and they're playing games and they're being engaged and they're not going home and sitting in front of the TV and playing games, you know, they're interacting with others and they're learning those really, you know, essential lifelong skills that they'll be needing. That's awesome. Um, okay. One last question. Cause I, I want to hear like, um, how this impacts maybe some individuals. So I, do you have a favorite impact story? Hmm. You know, I think one of my, um, favorite impact stories and uh, you see it a lot when you're in at the YMCA Peps Farms is the individuals uh, part of special programs, right? Just to see that group of individuals there doing whatever it is, whether it's maybe they're working in maintenance or, you know, it's Andrew from childcare or it's a part of the group of the service without boundaries program um, who go back and, you know, serve our community again, um, in ways that we never would have expected them to be a part of it. Those, those, those individuals are so important to a part of what we do. It, it just warms my heart. And they're so joyful too. I feel like that, that whole group, I was in, um, service without boundaries recently, they were doing some arts and crafts and they just like, there was so much joy in that room. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I think Josh is one of my favorites in that group. We raised uh, a few years ago dollars to get an additional bus so that program could go out and do some more work. And um, he was so excited and he just, you know, he signs the bus sign for us. And he like when we brought that bus up, he grabbed my hand and walked me to the bus. And it just was <laughs> like, oh, my goodness, this is why we do what we do, like just to make the day in his life was pretty special. So awesome. Yeah. Well, we're, um, we're going to take a quick interval break. Uh, the music's coming up here in just a minute. Take a moment and, um, and increase your pace and we'll see you on the other side. I'm back with Heidi Haft, our financial development director at the Glacial Community YMCA. And we've been talking about um, our week this week is reinvest. And so we've been talking about what giving looks like at the Y and the Y is a charitable organization. Um, Heidi, we've got some fun stuff coming up at the Y when it comes to giving. Yeah. So there's no better way to have fun, uh, with this day coming up, uh, on March 2nd. So, um, it's, the, it's a grassroots effort through the YMCA movement, movement, uh, YMCA day of giving. And it's really established 
as a one-day event to support local Ys. And so we're participating in it as an association, as, with, as well as a number of Ys across the state in Wisconsin. Um, and while business will be as usual in our facilities, there's a lot of fun events. So we have things like uh, drive-up coffee. Um, so you can make a, a donation and, and get a cup of coffee um, on your way to work or as you're walking out the Y. Um, and th- it's really around tying that to how that program, you know, supports or how, you know, connection supports our active older adults, right? So in our association, we have nearly 3,000 active older adults um, and they come to us and they get a chance to belong somewhere with friends that they maybe didn't know before and make a connection um, with new folks. So and coffee has been a huge part of that connection right. at the Y. Yeah, being able to sit <laughs> at the tables, whether it be, you know, in the hallway in Watertown, you play dominoes or you're sitting in the cafe at Pep's Farms. Um, there's always, you know, the group of ladies sitting after a class, hanging out and connecting, which is awesome to see. Um, so, yeah, in addition to that, we have some other fun things, you know, some physical challenges. Some things have already closed um, for opportunities, but, um, there's the duck derby. We're going to race some ducks down the water slide in, uh, Walk because our children's programs, um, really supports our youngest, um, members, helping them to learn, grow and thrive. Um, and it, it gives them a safe place for their parents to be able to go and work out. And so I know how much that's desired in kids corner, uh, in Watertown. Um, I know it's uh, used frequently. And then of, of course, in Oconomowoc, um, some other, so those ducks represent all of the, all of the, all of the kids all programs, of the little kids that come through our door. You know, um, I was just talking to a mom the other day and she's like, he just asks to come to the Y cause he wants to see his friends in kids corner, you know? So that's just so, oh, that's you know, bad. when they're three and you know, you're living in this world where it's like, Oh, you have to isolate or you have to stay at home to have them be able to come to a safe place. And, you know, I know what it's like to have young children to be able to like disconnect for a moment um, and get some of your own time. So, yeah. Um, what else do we have going on in Watertown? We're going to, Kay is going to be on the roof. In Watertown. Can you believe that? <laughs> I, I wonder what the weather's going to be like. That's going to be... I mean, the, She's got a good coat, right? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's it, the snow. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. So um, Kay will be on the roof. And then um, at 5 o'clock in, in the Exonia Bank parking lot it, at their main office, they're in Exonia, um, there is going to be a mascot race between Gus the Gosling and Rocky the Raccoon. And then even our very own Y mascot Homer will be there. So um, that'll be fun. So something that the Y is able to do is we work with the kids in both middle school and high school through um, our volunteer leadership program, um, where we really help the students to foster growth and leadership skills and enhance civic engagement through community volunteerism. So this last year, um, we were able to provide a take and bake Thanksgiving meal to over 400 individuals between our two communities that we serve. And it was driven through the program of um, LVP and the 
the school districts have been so gracious to allow us to come in and support them in this way and provide this extra programming around character development. Um, we thought what better way than to have a mascot race. So it'll be a fun, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. That'll be a great way to celebrate those yeah. kids. That's um, the, the take and bake day was really cool to see. That was such an awesome way to give back. And, um, and what a fun way to represent our youth in a mascot race. I don't know that this has ever happened before. Has I, this I've ever had that I can recall. And I, 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 I'm excited to see um, who's the winner of them all. Maybe, maybe Homer will, will come ahead. Maybe Homer will come ahead. Yeah. So we'll, we're going to be live on Facebook that day. So if you, if you don't follow the why now is a great time to check us out um, on Facebook, both branches have an account and, um, and we will be live on both branches um, that whole day. So there is going to be fun stuff all day. You can tune in. Um, And if you'd like to make a donation, there's going to be lots of opportunities to get involved there too. Man, uh, anything else you want to talk about today, Heidi? We're wrapping up our walk Yeah, today. you know, the last thing we have coming up here is on Saturday, March 6th, um, the YMCA Paps Farms will have their annual auction. Um, we are holding it virtually, so you still have an opportunity to register to join us virtually. Um, and silent auction uh, will go live at 5 p.m. on Thursday the 4th so look forward to that will be posted both on Facebook and come out through member blast um but yeah we are you know it was it's so interesting right it was like one year ago this world was changing upon us and we didn't know exactly what was going to happen but the auction was held the weekend before you know things really closed down um and so we thought, you know what, we're going to still have it. It's going to be virtual and um, we're going to make the best of it. So look forward to that. I hope you can join us and uh, have a great, great rest of your walk. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I hope you guys out there um, had a great walk today and we'll look forward to coming back to you again and, and talking about um, more stuff around the why and keeping you company while you get your workout in. Thanks for joining us. We're so glad that we could walk with you today. Look for more Lost in Paste podcasts coming soon. Until then, have a great one.